Welcome to the Zoe household. Our desire is to bring you to the consciousness of the God life that has been made available to everyone who believes the Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed as you listen to this powerful message by Pastor Ola Kiyosi, the resident pastor of the Zoe household, Lagos. God bless you. material of conduct for the christian for the believer all right we talked about how the bible is a conduct um, is the material of conduct for the believer that means we look into the scriptures and we see what we ought to do and how we ought to do where's your notes is it can someone please give get her like a paper or something she has a pen but yeah she, awesome thank you very much we are very particular about the doctrine in the, in the way I was so The one thing we are known for is the word of God. So if you're coming here, fine, there's the miracle. But if you don't take the words, you're still at a loss. You can have all the miracles and still be at the loss. Trust me. Glory to God. Yeah, so um, yeah, we talked about how that the Bible is a code of conduct for the believer. And that we study, you know, this man of God to know how we ought to, you know, to... To, to conduct ourselves as believers. You know, Acts chapter 2, verses 42. It says, um, and, you know, they, 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 they follow steadfastly the apostles' um, doctrine. Um, what does it say again? Fellowship and breaking of bread. Yeah. You know, they follow their doctrine, their manner of life. You know, almost even the breaking of bread, all right, and prayer. Yeah, it ended with prayer. My bad. I'm not a person, don't worry. I'll be like a Bible guy, such that all scriptures Genesis to Malachi and Matthew to Revelations, I'll be giving you guys all thoughts. It's Vision 2023. Yeah, just next year. There's no time. The word needs to hear it. All right, glory to God. All right, so it means that, you know, the Bible dictated that, you know, what the apostles are. You know, they are forerunners, which we can actually get to imitate, or we can actually be like them. We learn from them their code of conduct. And you know, I I, I showed us from you know that was in Ephesians chapter two verse twenty how that you know Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. You know, out of the the prophets and then the apostles, such that you know from the Bible, all that we're waiting we're waiting for our learning, we learn from all of these people. But however, some had errors, and there's hierarchy in authority. All right, that means um, if if the prophet declares a thing and the prophet declares another thing, we should take the account of the sorry, if the prophet and the apostle, yeah, and the apostle declares another thing, we should take the account of the apostle over the prophet. Why did I say that? Because they got to hear Jesus Christ teach in person and they were corrected by Jesus himself. So we can, you know, take their doctrine, you know, as sound doctrine over that of the prophets. I'm not saying the prophets are wrong, but I'm saying, you know, there's a clear attitude. They didn't get to see God, keep playing, they didn't get to see God, but you know, the they are posters, they got to see you know, Jesus, who is God. All right. And then I said, above all, if, you know, there's a lot of multiple mention in the Bible, but it says something so amazing that when it has to do with Jesus, you don't need, don't need that law of multiple mention. That means you don't need to see it in two or three different places before you know it's a doctrine or a manner of life. Just God just has to declare it once and it's a law because that's the person that he is. All right. You know, some people say that, you know, that why did Jesus Christ come? Just God was the major reason why. We are marrying one wife to date, you know. 
these Pharisees and could you could take an, you could divorce and you know have another wife. And he told them, he said, you can't divorce your wife like that. He said it was not so from the very beginning. So it was revealing the beginning to them, you know. Yeah. So, you know, and he said we, we, we can't separate with our partners. And he gave a clause. You know, there's only one clause. He said, except I'm not saying it so you guys won't have it in your mind. Let my partner do it. Now, God forbid. <laughs> Ma? Is in the Bible. Go and read your Bible now. All right. First Timothy chapter 3, verses 15. First Timothy 3, verse 15. It says here, First Timothy 3, verse 15. It says, But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou ought to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. So yeah, he's saying that if I tarry long, so he's saying I would, if I'm staying with you or tarrying with you, he says, the reason why I'm abiding with you is that you may know how you ought to behave thyself in the house of the Lord. He said, so that you may know how you conduct yourself in the house of God, implying, right, the church. All right, but the truth is we can actually take this as a manner of life for the believer, you know, in all sphere. You can't act a certain way in the church and act differently outside the world. One, one reason why you cannot do that is because we are not hypocrites. We're not brought up that way. We're not taught that way. As we conduct ourselves in the garden of believers, we all should be able to replicate it outside the garden of believers. That means in the world. We must be bold about it. And I said something about last week that, you know, there's this thing about boldness. When you ask to do with righteousness, you become bold in righteousness when you're amongst the company of righteous people. And become bold in iniquity when you're in the company of people in iniquity as well. So you find out that you know there's that progressive boldness in socializing with the world or the secular world. You don't just go from ground zero to well, some people are specially created for that. But I'm just saying in the normal way, you don't get bad all of a sudden. It's stages by stages, you know. So it should not be like that. The way we conduct ourselves in the side of people that are also temp um temples of God, children of God, you know, ministers of God, should we do we conduct ourselves even with the unrighteous fellow and believer as well? I would dwell much on this later, don't worry. Alright, and the second reason I said for most being an hypocrite is that listen, he was saying that you may know how you should conduct yourself in the house of the Lord, right? The truth of a believer is that we are not just coming into the house of the Lord when we gather here. We are the house of the Lord. As individual temples. You know, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, it says, Know you not that you are the temple of God? It says, For the Spirit of the Lord dwells in you. So, you are not just, this is not just a temple because we are here. Alright? We are temples as individuals. Because guess what? This is Mount Zion. This is the company of innumerable, this is the company of innumerable company of angels. This is where they are, in us. The presence of the Lord is with us. Because, listen, if your body is the temple of God, right? So God is there, right? Temple. What did he say? He said the 20 and 40 others are what? Bound. Where are they bowing down? On heads? Where? In the presence of God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So you must view yourself as a temple of God, as the house of God. So how you conduct yourself in the house of God should be how you conduct yourself outside. You know, and you must understand something that Jesus Christ is so particular about your conduct. Very, very important. You know, he saved you. Yes, you're free. But guess what? He didn't give you the license of misconduct. He gave you the license of, you know, bearing his name, his identity. But he didn't say, he didn't, he didn't actually to rubbish or tarnish his identity. We are ambassadors of Christ. We carry a name. We are prestige. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. We are unique of our kind. 
So the identity which we have put upon ourselves is not something we only get to exercise here in the church. We must be bold of our identity outside the church. I'm a son of God is I'm a son of God. It's not only when you're jumping. While you're at your workplace, you're still a son of God. While you're with your friend, you're still a son of God. Very important to note. The identity sticks. You know what I said? The identity what? It sticks in the church, outside the church. Jesus is so particular about this. If Jessica was not particular about your conduct, he wouldn't have said, if you love me, keep my commandments. You hear what I said? He wouldn't have said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Oh, you didn't know Jessica said commandments? He said commandments. So when he said commandments, they are talking about your status, your code of conduct, the things, the do's and the don'ts. If I tell you the do's, then you know the don'ts. If I tell you the don'ts, then you know the do's. That's what he means. So he said, I've come, he said, to fulfill the law. And he said something so profound. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. So, do you think it won't be grieved when you don't keep his commandments? It would. Just the way, you know, we have this term which we, we say generally, um, what's it again? Your, your love language, right? I think there are five words of affirmation, gifts, time quality time act of service that's the fifth one or something like that. physical touch awesome so that's the love language of a person but jesus has his love language come to think of it he has his love language so there's nothing like i don't know how to please him you know how to please him do you get what i'm saying you know now he has a love language and it's simple if you love me keep my words my commandments my status and what are the commandments of Jesus Christ? John chapter, Mark chapter 12, verse 28. Mark 12, 28, we read to 31. Look at what it says. I can't wait to share so much with you guys. You know, I'm so stirred up like never before. I went for a minister's conference yesterday and oh my God. You know, I learned so much. And you know, seeing people that have been constant in ministry for 30 years and more. It's touching. You know, as I was there, I was smiling. And one reason you know, I'm smiling is that I'm like, wow, so this will be me in 30 years telling somebody else. <laughs> like, oh, I've been in ministry for 30 years. <laughs> not saying, and they were, they, they were not boasting about it. They were saying, just so you will know they had seen things and sharing the experience, but they were sharing it with meekness. There's a way some elders want to communicate that they've been in ministry and they're just so buffed. I saw meekness yesterday. Hallelujah. Are you there? I can't wait to share so many things with you guys. Trust me. Trust me. Mark chapter 12, verse 28. Look at what it says. He said, And some of the scribes came, and having heard him, reasoning together, and perceived that he had answers, you know, and he answered them well, asked him, what, Which is the first commandment of all? All right. So they asked him about the which is the first commandment of all. And Jesus Christ answered him and said, The first commandment of all is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Then look at what he says in verse 30. He says, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. Do you get what I'm saying? He's saying, Go all out for the Lord. That's it. Love the Lord with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your soul, all of your strength. 
you get exhausted, but uh, it's, it's in the package. Whenever, see, many believers that I've encountered, whenever things have to do that, you know, it strains them or puts them in a position of stress. It can't be for me. It's a life always. Come on. So with all of your strength, it required your strength as well. Everything about you. See, once you learn that this is, one of, this is the greatest of all commandments, you love the Lord. Very important. And look at what he said in verse 31. He said, and the second is like. <laughs> what is the second? He said, namely this. is Yeah, second is like, namely this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I can't get over this to commandment. First, I have to love the Lord with all exhaustion. Then listen, he said, as much as I'm crazy about myself, I must love my neighbor that same way. The church has not gotten this actually. He's saying, the way I'm self-centered, I should share that with another person. So, I mean, could share a body with me. And guess what? I feel the compassion as though I'm the one going through the situation. Because guess what? It is myself in that situation. Because I ask myself. It means what I can endure. I don't dish out because I know if I can't do it, then it's not, you, you should not be able to do it. Do you get what I'm saying? If I can't dish out something, or if I can't accept something, then I should not dish it out. Because I know. I should think about, can I take it? One of the first senses of judgment you should have when relating with human beings is, can I do this to myself, or can I take this? If you can't take it, don't do it. If you can take it, that's not even an excuse for you to do it. Because sometimes you just might be wrong. Do you get what I'm saying? Some people can take insult and it's already normal. They are immune to this and insult, but that doesn't make it right. The Bible speaks about making jest, how we know. That doesn't make it right. Glory to God. He said, ask yourself. Oh, Jesus is Lord. Okay. Two commandments, but yet so scarce in the church. Imagine if we practice it here. Let me ask you a question. Who did you check up on this week? Here. We do, we like you guys don't stay together. Who did you check up on this week that is here? She won't say, ah. <laughs> you, you see yourself. You can see. <laughs> and Michael. Yeah, there, get out. That's your click. That's your click. No, you do not. Okay, yeah. No, no, okay, yes. Well, that's because we had an argument on Sunday. That's, forget that one. Yes. Tolu, someone checked up on you and you didn't pick. The person reported you to me. Said he called you for three days. I, I mean, you were there yesterday, right? I won't say the person's name. So, I no, and I, I gave you adverts on Sunday that you were single. <laughs> I, I gave you adverts. I said I can vouch for you as always. <laughs> Why did you have to say his name now? <laughs> Neighbors. I beg you, beg you, beg you, beg you, beg you, beg you. Glory to God. See, 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 see. Now, now. 
I know it's on a light manner, but that's what that's what it means. You have to practice loving, actually. You there are many things that are not automatic, but you can learn it. Even in relationships, there are many of the you know love languages that don't come to you easily. You intentionally practice it till they become a part of you. So listen, you can practice loving the Lord with all of your heart. How? Once you set someone that does it, there's, there are some certain fruits you will see that will flow from them. They will be so zealous towards the things of God. You know, there's that thing like, oh, you can do that God thing later. Mm-mm. Is that God thing first, every other thing second? See, one of this thing may sound weird, but one of the amazing testimony I heard of my pastor growing up, Pastor Etienne Bassi, that, you know, many times I could not wrap my head around it. It made me like, close to tears because I was like, can I do this? There was something this man did. He bust my head. He said, before I build my house, I will build the house of the Lord. And, you know, growing up, they took about, about seven to eight years to build our church. So for seven to eight years, all his heart was just on the church auditorium, on the thing of God. And whereas, he was still paying rent somewhere else. Struggling. If they require that of many of us, uh, you know, just ask love with all of my heart, but I beg. If you are being honest, see, when I hear stories of what these people have done in, in demonstrating their love towards the Lord, you will be saying, we send them. Of course we send them. It's the same God that sent them, sent us. Said the love of God is shed abroad in our heart. If they can love the Lord that way, we can love the Lord that way too. You see, sacrifices... Whenever they still beg you to make sacrifices for the things of God, I doubt if you really love the Lord with all of your heart. You can say you love him, but with all? When they say with all of your heart, sacrifice is one of the easiest things you will easily do. They need this, I'm there. They need, ah, can I, I can't. Sacrifices for the things of God will flow. Those are good fruits. Love your neighbor as yourself. You'll be so passionate, you'll be so compassionate. You'll be hearing, you'll be kind. You know, read last week in, in Titus 1, how that we ought to be hospitable. See, if, you're still have, if you still have this mindset and you're here that, you know, I, I just like being on my own, you know, you don't like people in your space, check it. The word of God says be hospitable. The person you are pushing away is your member. It's a part of your body, the body of Christ. That's your brother. That's your sister. Create it. See, I know that's the way you are, but you should not end up that way. If you're saying I would never change, you're saying that the word of God is not powerful enough to change me. Wow, so you're more powerful than the word of God. So strong, strong-hearted than even the word of God that can pierce the heart of men. So that some of you, as you're hearing this word now, your heart is so even hardened. This word is meaning nothing. That's how you know the hardened hearts. A heart that is hardened. You hear the word of God so powerfully preached. And it's the truth. You know it's the truth. But guess what? Your actions don't shake afterwards. I can question your heart. When he says you give us a heart of flesh. Do you really have the heart of flesh? Powerful teaching. But you go out to do do the contrary. Some people... Some, some believers, their conscience has been severed. They walk so much in disobedience of the word of God. They know it, but they don't care. 
If you are here, you repent. God didn't call you to be double-sided. You must, you must know the conduct of God. You must know the heart of God. You must know the mind of God. Glory to God. Glory to God. So much to learn. All right? We must love the Lord because he loved us first. Jesus Christ was one of the first people to demonstrate to us that, see, you don't only demonstrate love to those that are deserving of your love. You demonstrate to even those that don't deserve. Because as I, when he gave his love for us, we're undeserving of it. But guess what? He loved us regardless. He loved us regardless. There was something I was saying I was going to pick up from last week, which was forgiveness. Listen. If there's anything I know in that's the love work of believers is unforgiveness. I've seen it play out. I've experienced it. Even for me. I wish people had had to help me out of it. Hear the truth and hear this. Even though nobody ever tells you. The person close to you in church will still hurt you. Do you know why church is one of the most painful things? Because you've seen them that you know we are all Christians. You know, we love the Lord so therefore we will not hurt each other. That's a lie. See, we're all still going through phases in our life whereby God is still working in us. So, I might be loving, but guess what? I'm still being worked upon. I still have my issues. You have your issues. So, therefore, there will be some excess whereby I act in some manner that you, you won't find so pleasing. And the next thing that comes to your heart is hold a grudge. Or, you know, cut off. How will you cut off your member? Has it happened to you that you beat your tongue before? So guess what? Your teeth, they hurt you, right? Why not just remove the teeth? It will still happen again. It's not a cause. We know. These are predictable patterns. It will still happen. There will still be a day you hit your leg on a stone or something. When it happens, doesn't mean you cut your leg. What do you, you learn how to manage this. See, I've seen it. It's so, it's so absent in the garden of believers, not knowing how to handle offense. You must know how to handle offense. You must. You must. Because guess what? It happens. It's a predictable pattern. And I will show you where offense really comes from. First, let's look at Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 and 22. Are we there? Look at what he says here. He says, Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother? So you can see the phrase already. He said, My brother. He didn't say my friend. My brother means someone I consider family. Someone I consider cannot. In any way, hurt me. So he said, then, then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Then he said, till seven times. Then Jesus Christ said unto him, he said, I say not unto thee, I say not unto thee, until seven times, but until 70 times seven. That's about 490 or so. Do you know what that, that thing is saying? He's saying, hearts will come. But guess what? Your response should be predictable as much as the heart is predictable. Do you hear what I said? Your response should be predictable as much as the heart is predictable. So it means 
the response first is forgive. The first thing you do in the side of offense is you must forgive. When you're hurt, you know, in the membership class I shared this, and it's really insightful. When someone really puts you in a place of hurt, the first thing you do is to keep quiet. I beg of you. You, you, you must learn how to hold yourself. Refrain. It's called self-control. The Lord has given you. God has not given you the spirit of fear, love, power, and of a sound mind. That sound mind there is self-control. The Holy Ghost in you can make you refrain yourself from sudden actions. Impulsive actions are not necessarily fruit of the Spirit. Not necessarily. There are times they are. That one has to do with demonstrating love. You can, you can predict that. And that's the diminishing of the Spirit. Yes. When it has to do with anger, uh-uh. refrain yourself. As they're saying those words you're not comfortable with, you're boiling up inside, but don't say a thing. That's the mistake you will make. Talking in anger. You're going to say words. You're going to, you're, you're going to act in ways. Or when you act in anger, we're not just talking about the speech. If you're acting from anger at that point, you're going to both act or say words that you will never be able to take back. Because words can never be forgotten. Happy no. I can forgive you, but I can't forget your words. One of my, 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 my very close friends in SS1, he said an amazing word that really hurt me. When I was in SS1, we, we, we ceased from being friends. Still, we left school and everything. I've forgiven him, but guess what? I can't forget those words. Look me in the eye and, and you're my friend. Do you get what I'm saying? That's a predictable pattern. You're making jokes last year. I'm making jokes this week. <laughs> it's the consistency for me. It's not you. It was not a person. Point the person. <laughs> Listen. When you act in impulse, in anger, you do you you can destroy relationships of 10 years just by that action or just by that word. And to see acting in anger and impulse can cost you destinies. I've seen it. You can spend 10 years building a relationship and you can scatter it in one minute. That's how it is. Shockingly and but sad. But we Christians are not that we don't, I won't we know this. We should know this. Therefore, I put my tongue under control. The power of life is in my tongue. The power of relationship is in my tongue. I hold it. I won't act in impulse. <laughs> Take it in. You can, you can decide to walk away. You know, process everything. Let the Holy Ghost help you. You forgive first. Yes. And then you go and approach the person. Because I know you still will not be, you might not agree with what I have to say, but I let it go. But I must tell you the truth. And you're not saying it in an, you know, with anger in your heart. You're saying it with love and compassion in your heart. See, that is true sonship. That's maturity. See, you don't only prove that you're a son of God by working miracles. You prove it by character as well. You prove it by self-control as well. You prove it by loving and forgiving as well. He said, 490 times I must forgive you in a day. So, ah, do 
just yesterday, today again, oh, she's guy. <laughs> you forgive. And we have an example in Jesus. Do you know what I said? We have an example in who? The person that forgives a multitude of sins. Do you know when Jesus Christ died? We had not yet done some things we've done, but we, we, we did actually. But guess what? He saw it. <laughs> he had. So, we have not seen what the person will do, but we can predict the will. So, forgive ahead. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Second Corinthians chapter 2, verses 4. I will show you the. The root of offense. The root of offense. Look at what he says. Are you there? He says, For heart of much affliction and anguish of my heart, I write unto you with much tears. We're going to read to verse 11, all right? I write unto you with much tears, not that you should be grieved, but that you might know the love which I have more abundantly unto you. Verse 5, he says, But if any have caused grief, he had not grieved me. But in any part, I may not overcharge you all. It says, sufficient to such a man is this punishment which was inflicted of many. So he's saying, should I, okay, let me read it and I'll, I'll talk about it. So verse 7 then says, he says, so that contrawise, you ought to rather forgive him and comfort him, lest perhaps should one of you be swallowed up with so much sorrow. Verse 8, it says, wherefore I beseech unto you that you confirm your love towards him. Pause. So there was a brother in the church you know, that beliefs have hurt the church so much that the church are taking it in their hands to really punish this guy. You know, punish means that, you know, one, one of the commentary that I, I read one time, you know, was saying there's, there's this argument that the person that, you know, you could have been talking to because it's not clear on the person we was talking to, right? It could have been that brother I was talking about in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. You know, the guy that was sleeping with his um, dad's, um, wife, alright, and he said treat him, like cut him off so probably, you know, the church acted right and, you know cut him off, you know so let's say the same person that said cut him off now came back again and said you have punished him enough that's a huge lesson no matter the gravity of the offense, if that guy soon was to sleep with his father's wife and he could say you have punished him enough now bring him back and extend your love towards him. Do you know what love means? Love him like you love yourself. Not love him with one leg or one hand or a part of your heart. Love him with all of your heart. Oh God, you guys didn't get that. You didn't get the gravity of what he was trying to say there. Someone that could commit such a sin. Bring him back. You have punished him enough. Bring him back. Do you know what he was trying to teach by, by just that someone? Yes. Kick against indiscipline. Kick against sin. But once the person repents, once the person repents, no matter what they are done, you must bring them back into the fold. You must restore that one. You must put your love upon him. Upon her. You must love the person wholeheartedly again. He said, don't punish the person so much that you keep the person out of the church. Look at what, look at what he was saying next. In verse 9, verse 9, look at what it says. He said, for this, for to this end also did I write that I might know the proof of you, whether you be obedient in all things. Verse 10, it says, to whom you forgive, 
anything, I forgive also. He said, for if I forgive anything, to whom I forgive it, forgive, forgive, forgive it, for your sakes forgive I it in the person of Christ. Saying, this, I will talk about that. All right. Verse 11 now says, lest Satan should get an advantage of us. For we are not ignorant of the devices of the enemy. Oh. He said, lest Satan should get an advantage of us. For we are not ignorant. We know that this, 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 is, a, this is a craft demonic scheme. Probably the person gave himself up at a point in time. He has repented. Mm-mm, now don't cut your brother off. Bring your brother back. Love him. Lest we are ignorant of the devices of the enemy. So listen. One of the devices of the devil against the church is to separate brothers and sisters. So listen. That's why it says a predictable outcome. Because the devil goes to and fro. He's not resting. I've noticed that even in the temptation of Jesus Christ, it was tended again and again. Once the devil will tempt you once and go. Thank you for that. I'll show you the why me. Predictable outcome in the garden of believers. It's gonna come again. But we'll handle it better. He said, for in doing so, it's like you could even lose the brother self. It could go and be gone forever. I was trying to tell them. The thing about the church is, you want to hear the church? The church is not good with forgiving. Neither are they good to even pretend as though they are forgotten. Once you do an act, they would only remember you for that act from beginning to the end. And that's sad. If they expose you in the secret, do you know what you have done in secret? Because a person is exposed in public, therefore you remember him by that which he had done forever. And something is wrong with your theology of Christ. You must learn to renew your mind. No, not a person after the flesh, but after the spirits. He has repented, glory to God. Has God forgiven him? Yes, God has forgiven him. Then is the beloved of God. Extend love towards him. Forget what he had done. See for him for who he is now and to be. Church is so unforgiving. You know, that side is now that lady be that. Now lady be that. What? Come on. Come on. It has crept into church so much that, and you notice when that's happening, the person knows. Everybody's giving me high, they're talking about me. And that always leads to them leaving the church. Predictable outcome. Am I wrong? In 90% of the time, unless the person has a giddy and stronger, they leave the church. I once spoke with a lady, you know, she happened to have, you know, she was a leader in the church, she gave birth, she, you know, out of marriage and all of that. The church, she said for years, stigmatized her. You know, oh no. Such that, you know, the way the church became so unforgiving about the action, she saw to herself that she would never serve in any capacity in any church. And she... It was a, she, she didn't serve in any capacity for about three to four years. Because the church was not forgiving and could not let go. Like you say, nobody above blocking. Nobody above mistakes. 
the question is you you must just you must learn to accommodate people in your heart accommodate the fault of a person that has repented say I'm forgive I'm forgiven I'm forgiven I'm loving Like, okay, let, let me just give an intro on this. Okay, I think that's in Ephesians chapter 4. I think verse 18. Didn't say something again about how that, you know, it's, it's even a d- device of the enemy or something like that. You know, offense. Yeah, I said I was going to say it. Ephesians chapter 4. So let me confirm. Come in, Lebanon. Okay, verse verse 24, verses 25 to 27. Okay, verse 26, verse 26, straight, straight to the point. 26, look at what it says here. Are you there? It said, be angry and sin not, right? Be angry and do not sin, right? And look at what it says next. He said, let not the sun go down upon your words. That means be quick to forgive. Then what did he say next? Verse 27, let's read together. What did he say next? Neither what? So to not forgive is to give place to who? The devil. God. God. Okay, let, me, let me stop here. No, so it won't be as though. Because this one, I really want to, I feel it really bless you. We'll start about, we'll start on, you know, how we, we must compulsively be a lover and addict of the word of God next week. Mm. You know, I had, a, I had a friend, we had kind of like this misunderstanding. So we still talk about we're not cool, cool because you know something had transpired and we held on to offense. I did, he held on to it. So one day we met by one amazing gathering. You know we met and we had this. It was occasioned by God and we just we just had to talk about how he hurt me, how I hurt him, and you know we poured out our hearts. We forgive each other. We moved on and you know. It was as, hi, welcome to church. It was as though in that instance, you know, the friendship, it was there before, not there, 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 you know. It was restored, like, very, very strong. Right? A week after, an opportunity came that one of us could not do alone. We could only do it together. So, if I didn't have that discussion with him, or he didn't have it with me, we didn't open up and forgive each other, would have missed that on that amazing opportunity. I'm, I'm being very honest. I've been wanting to get something for quite a while. My girlfriend knows about it. And the opportunity just came. And it could, and two of us could put hands and do it together. That would, that, that's really beautiful. So if one of us had held on to offense or giving room for the devil, it would have also affected our lives. 
Let's take this. Godly relationships are ruined by offense as well. Both of you can be destined to shake nations. But let me tell you something. The devil is wise. Let's forget that thing that is foolish. He gave Agbari. Should I tell you why he gave Agbari? Because he has succeeded to a measure to actually bring his plans to pass. Many failed relationships, many failed relationships amongst believers. You see how about both of you, you, know, you can do so much, but somehow, somehow, something just happened and you just went. Now, this is a word of knowledge for somebody. Even you and your friend that you have separated, you know that together you could have done some certain things. But you know what they say, the offense, not letting go, not forgiving and forgetting, but reacting based on what person had done forever. It's costing you more than you think. You think it's just nothing. I'm, you've moved on. He has moved on. It's costing you more than you think. Let's rise to our feet. Were you blessed? See, predictable outcome in the Zoe household right now should be loving the Lord with all of your hearts of your soul with all of your strength loving your neighbor as yourself another predictable outcome amongst us should be forgiving forgiveness huh? we should forgive I want you to take a moment to, to just be with the Lord if it's that you want to really renew your confession like God I want to love you more and I'm going to demonstrate it you can have that talk with the Lord it will also help you that you want to love him more and demonstrate it not just with mouths but your action your act of service because God has that love, love language of two act of service you want it to show declare it unto him if you're holding on to unforgiveness to a person call what they are done which you know you're not making up an excuse for them what they did is bad because of Christ's sake, you want to let go. Right now, just let go of the person in your heart. 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 You can do more. You can. You know you can love God more. You know you can demonstrate it more. You know you can be kind. You can be tender-hearted. You can be loving. You can. You can intentionally show compassion. You can increase in your love work. You know it. You know you can be better in your love work to God. For you know this is the core of your faith. You must love. You must forgive. You know it. The person hurts you. Yes, but let it go. Forgive the person. Reach out to the person. Embrace the person if you can. Just love the person. Again. Thank you, Jesus. For your love is shed abroad in our hearts. Therefore, we love. Therefore, we forgive. helping us 
I see the Lord ministering to some people right now. He's helping your hearts. I see the Lord ministering to some people's hearts right now. He's helping your hearts. He's helping your hearts. He's helping your hearts. Some of you, you might, you might need to ask God for strength in your hearts. Because what the person did is really, really bad for you. But ask for strength to let go, to move on, to forgive. Thank you for listening. We know you have been equipped, changed, and transformed by the word. If you have any questions or inquiries, please reach out to us on Instagram at the Zoe Household Lagos or via mail zoehousehold at gmail.com. God bless you.